1: you have at least one person who's not in that centrally located office, then you have to consider what processes you have to put into place to making their experience productive, um, but then also having them be, you know, a contributive member of the entire team.
0: My name is Spree Devora, host of the Women in Tech Show know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited to have Tammy joining me, who works remote. This is for a special week where we are celebrating women in tech who live the remote life in technology. This is in conjunction with a running remote conference happening in Bali. The top remote companies in the world will be there and to showcase the incredible talent in our remote community, I want to welcome Tammy. Hello, Tammy.
1: Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. So, Tammy, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, my name's Tammy Bieland, and I am the founder and CEO of Workplaceless. We create e-learning programs for remote professionals and teams to learn how to work, lead, and thrive remotely. And um, Tammy, when did you get started working remote? Like what inspired that? So I've been working remotely since 2011. I had been living in Spain, and when I decided to move back to the States, I didn't really know where I wanted to live. Um, So I instead found a job where I could live anywhere. Um, And I started in EdTech for a company that was creating online language programs. And they had two headquarters um, in Utah and Vermont, but uh, many members of the team were remotely. And from there, I was hooked. I loved it. And um, when
0: did you first find that
1: you were interested in technology? So I actually attended a magnet school for science and technology, but I was one of the um, like more humanities type people. So I was actually kind of anti-science and tech or maybe not anti, but I wasn't as, you know, into science and tech as a lot of my peers. Um, And so I had to take computer science and we had to take a certain level of math and science classes as well. Um, And I enjoyed them for the most part. Um, But actually, one of my biggest regrets from high school and also from college is not exploring more um, STEM classes and not taking advantage of the opportunities that I had. So I would say I grew up around technology. Um, You know, I was friends with a lot of people who were really interested in that. Um, And then when I was in college, I focused on languages and In my professional life, I really got more involved in technology when I started that job in 2011, um, working in ed tech. And from there, I've been in the ed tech and corporate training space.
0: What would you say throughout your journey in your professional life was a huge challenge that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it?
1: One of the biggest challenges for me um, has been coming from an education background um, and I first started out actually in academia, and one of the biggest challenges for me, and it's something that I continue to struggle with a little bit, is um, is that transition over from academia and education into business. So I have a tendency to, you know, not really think about the, um, you know, finances all that much it's not my favorite my favorite thing to think about you know um, and i i am an educator and teacher at heart and so i want all of the things that we're creating to be really super accessible um and as somebody who owns their business, uh, you know, I need to constantly be reminded (laughs) that I do need to focus on the financial side of things um, as opposed to, you know, just providing quality education. Um, So that's, you know, constant struggle for me. Although I do think that that particular approach also benefits our clients and benefits our users um, because I am thinking about things more from a learner perspective as opposed to, you know, finance.
0: And would you say
1: that you had a mentor in your journey to to help you? I've had many mentors. Um, one of my very first bosses um, in ed tech, he was the one actually who told me that I could start my own business and that that was a, an avenue that I could go down. And I had never, ever thought about starting my own business. It was not on my radar at all. I didn't come from an entrepreneur Entrepreneurial family. Um, And that whole world was completely unknown to me. And when I was working in that particular organization, um, I switched from being full time to being a contractor. And that was when my boss told me about starting an LLC um, and getting contract work and being able to work on multiple projects. And so he was a mentor to me. And then throughout the years, I've had many mentors, um, both men and women, who have helped me and really guided me through this crazy journey of building a business.
0: Tell me more about your company. Uh, What, like who are the main clients that it serves? Um, What has it been like to, to
1: grow it? Yeah. So we uh, um, work with organizations. So companies who have remote um, fully remote or hybrid teams um, or are looking to go remote. Um, We also have products that help, um, Um, executives understand the benefits of going remote and understand the steps and the process uh, to convert to a remote business model. And so we have organizations that have remote or um, hybrid teams. And then we also deliver our products um, through channel partners. Um, So we have some strategic partners specifically um, initiatives, local initiatives, to bring more economic opportunities to rural areas. So Utah's Rural Online Initiative uses our certification um, program to help rural Utahns um, find gainful employment through remote work opportunities.
0: What are some of your like, go-to um, apps, software, um you know things to run operations and run your business and to be more efficient
1: remotely. Yeah. So my the f- tools that we use internally are sort of the typical remote tools. Um, so we use Google Drive, we use Slack, we use Zoom, um, we also use Appearin, which is another um, video conferencing tool that is browser based which is pretty cool and so those are some of the primary tools that we use for like communication and then because we are uh, we develop e-learning and courses we use uh, articulate products and so we use primarily um, rise and Storyline for those, and then we also have a learning management system. So we deliver our courses through an LMS, uh, and we also use it internally. And the LMS that we use is Matrix.
0: And is there a specific like methodology in running things remotely and running them well?
1: I there are so many frameworks for running remote teams that have seen success. Like there are many, many companies now, and many more companies are are exploring the benefits of remote work. So I don't think that there's one one-size-fits-all approach to uh, to running a remote company, but there are best practices. Um, and one of those best practices, of course, is having an actual remote work policy. So while we don't really talk about You know a sort of one-size-fits-all approach to running your company Um, one of the universal recommendations and requirements should be having an actual remote work policy and there are very specific components to that policy um, that any company should have if they have anybody working remotely Um, and the saying goes that if you have one remote team member, then you have a remote team.
0: At at just one member, you're already, you've already become like a remote company. That's pretty cool. You can can
1: become a remote company fast. You can become a remote uh, company fast. And really that's saying really it, it, demonstrates, I think, to teams that if you have at least one person who's not in the, that centrally located office, then you have to consider what processes you have to put into place to making their experience productive, um, but then also having them be, you know, a contributive member of the entire team. Um, so, if you just have one person who's working off-site, then you need to have a remote work policy.
0: And, and why running remote? Why was that the, I mean, other than obvious reasons being that you're passionate about remote, but why that
1: one? Yeah, so one of the um, exciting things about, you know, the fact that remote work is becoming more and more popular is that there are many more conferences now than there used to be. And one of the things that sets running remote apart from other conferences is the level of questions um, and the level of topics that we'll be talking about at the conference. So some of the questions will be much more geared towards um, larger companies as opposed to small companies that are just starting out. And so we'll be addressing, you know, some really complex topics like Probably talk about you know how to scale uh, an engineering team or how to hire well, um, you know if you are scaling and really growing your company really quickly, and then all of the crazy things that can accompany growth like that. Um, so HR and compliance issues and tax issues. So all of those questions um, are really interesting to me um, and they'll also be of interest to the audience at the conference.
0: And what are some other resources um, to run a remote life that you suggest? Are there any blogs or specific books? You know, the whole idea of remote versus not remote is still in debate on, you know, as a, as a culture um, in the tech space of, is it, do you get the, the, cult, the team culture that you need to achieve by having a remote company or do you have to be in-house in order to achieve having a company culture kind of thing? Do you have different blogs and resources to, to learn more about that aspect of it?
1: Sure. Yeah, we actually post quite a bit about um, culture and because learning and development is a big part of that. And so um, listeners can visit our blog, so workplacelist.com.com. Um, you can find our blog through that. And there are um, many other um, subject matter experts too. So we collaborate very closely with Laurel Farr um, and you can find her uh, past articles on remote work at laurelfarr.com. And I'll spell that out. So laurelfarre com. Um, and so that's a really great place to start for any kind of information that you would want about remote work.
0: And um, what are some of the biggest obstacles you've seen in not achieving a unified company culture when working remote? Like, what are the remote teams doing that they
1: should not doing that they should be doing? So one of the one of the biggest things and it's such a small thing that that can really be addressed quickly but in teams where i've seen a struggle with culture um, all seem to be teams that don't require videos on during conference calls so it's a very strange kind of you know attribute i guess or or um, habit that if I think really corresponds to, um, you know, having and instilling that trust in your team and making those personal connections. So uh, teams that are struggling a little bit with culture and, you know, don't have that video on uh, habit or practice. You know, I think that's one really easy way to adjust because when you are able to see each other, you are more likely to have those personal connections. Um, and so that's just one, one small step. Another piece is actually having conversations about culture and making a sincere and continuous effort to align culture uh, with your practices. And so that's one of the, you know, that's a bigger adjustment than just turning your videos on in a, in a conference, but it is something that, um, companies who have great culture, like they're very, very, um, intentional about developing the culture, about incorporating everybody's feedback and also about, you know, continuing to make sure that you are aligning your practices with your actual culture.
0: And you've worked with some of uh, professionals from some of the biggest companies, from Buffer,
1: from Evernote, from Dribble. Am I understanding correctly? So they, um, our courses feature subject matter experts from all of those companies. So in all of our curricula, we feature interviews with leaders from the top distributed companies. So we always feature those um, subject matter experts in our curriculum. And when did you start Workplaceless? I started Workplaceless in 2017. Uh, I have a learning experience design company, um, and so Workplaceless is actually just a, a separate, you know part of that brand. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've been in learning experience design since, uh, well, 2011 when I started in edtech and started my own company the following year and then started Workplaceless as a separate brand um, under that umbrella in 2017 when I saw that there was just a real lack of professional development resources for remote workers. And
0: one of the things that uh, we've never talked about on the podcast before, but I found it was an interesting coincidence, is my my friend Holly in Boston, she made sure to connect with her city council to be certified as a, a, a woman-owned business. And I saw that you did the same thing. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and what that means? Because I don't see many women in tech actually taking the steps to do that. So I think that we just don't know that that's an option.
1: Yeah. So to be honest, I don't, I haven't leveraged that distinction as much as I could. Um, I primarily I got that um, certification because I was exploring entering the world of federal contracting and state and local contracting. Um, so you get um, certain set-asides for, you know, minority-owned businesses for contracting. Um, and so that was really why I did it. And so uh, it's on my agenda, actually. It's funny that you should mention that because it's on my agenda <laughs> to, to, to look at how we can leverage that a little bit more because I think it is really important to, um, you know, to maintain those certifications and also to, you know, increase visibility of what that certification can do um, for other companies.
0: Can you walk us through, uh, even though you're still optimizing, you know, the uh, what you could get out of it, can you walk us through how to go about it? Like, what were the steps you took in the very beginning to um, to get certified? Where, where did you go? Who did you call?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm certified, our company's certified through the state of Virginia, which is where I'm located and where the company is based. And the steps, it's a very... It's, there's a lot of paperwork. Um, you yeah. have to, you have to, you know, provide tax returns and you have to provide, um, you know, uh, organizational structure to, to prove that, you know, the majority of the company is owned by, um, a woman or, uh, minority. And the, I believe it, this is, this was a while ago. I think I got certified in maybe 2013. Um, and I don't, really remember the steps but i remember that it took a really long time to put everything together and also you know when whenever you're sending anything to any government en- entity it's going to take a while right so i think totally. i think i got the response like in a few months I don't, I really don't remember, but I remember it just being like a very long process and thinking, oh, maybe this is why not so many people get certified <laughs> because it, there's a lot of hoops to, to jump through. And then you have to recertify every three years. And now that we're talking about it, I'm like, oh, I think actually <laughs> that if I applied in 2013, I might have to reapply. Um, and yeah, again, I need to explore more to see how I can leverage that. Um, but I think, you know, we can all do a little bit, uh, a better job of, you know, increasing that visibility and understanding what benefits there are with that certification. So totally. Um, yeah.
0: I, I think it's good. I think that, you know, I think as a community, we do our best to. Stand strong and independent. That you know we don't sometimes take those steps to see what resources are there specific for us to to further enhance our success, like getting certified by the state, or you know, just I mean, uh, maybe there's different grants. All this, I, I think, it's something that we don't talk about enough on the podcast, and it's an excellent way to get funding and to leverage more clients. Uh, it goes on and on. I think it's something I'll explore more with um, our guests as, as we flow forward. Where can people connect with you? What's the best way to get in
1: touch? Are you on social? I am on social. I'm all over. So you can find me on Twitter at Tammy Bjelland, T A M um, M Y B J E L L A N D, and that's a good spot to to find all the things that I post about. I post obviously a lot about workplaceless and remote work, but I also talk in general about ed tech and teaching and education and just, you know, anything that I'm interested in. And Timmy,
0: what's your favorite, uh, your favorite tool just in general, personal life, professional life, your favorite software app, hardware. I have so many,
1: I have so many, Um, but (laughs) my (laughs) latest one that I've really been liking is journal. So use journal is it's like a search for I use it as basically a search mechanism for my entire computer. Um, But basically it integrates with Slack and Google and your email and um, Pocket and Evernote to like search among all of the things that you've ever saved. So instead of, you know trying to find where you sent me like the podcast recording link. I can search in in journal and it will search across like all of my email, um, but also in Slack. So if for some reason you had sent it to me in Slack instead of email, I don't have to like go back and forth. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, So that's, that's a tool that I've been using um, a lot lately because. And can you spell it for everyone just in case? Sure. It's it's, um, the app is journal. So J O U R N A L. And I believe that the website is usejournal.com. So U-S-E-J-O-U-R-N-A-L. Cool. Um, and Perfect. they're they're a pretty young startup. Um, so I, I don't know what the roadmap looks like for them. Um, but I know that it's pretty early days, but it's a very cool tool.
0: That is a really cool tool. I can't wait to check. And our amazing teammate, Carl, will make sure to put it in the show notes as well so everybody could find it. And last question, uh, a book that, that is one of your
1: favorites or really inspired you or a book that you're reading of recent? Related to remote work and just work life balance. Um, one of the best books that I've read recently is it doesn't have to be crazy at work. Um, and that, <laughs> yeah. and that's by the, you know, the base camp, um, founder. Yeah. So, uh, I
0: I re- <laughs> yeah,
1: I really like that. Um, and I, I mostly read fiction actually. Um, because I read to escape from thinking about work. (laughs) So when I read nonfiction, then that's not really an escape. So I read a lot more fiction than nonfiction.
0: Thank you so much, Tammy, for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. It has been amazing to get all the tips and tricks on how to be um, an efficient remote company. Um, If you want to connect and collaborate with more women in tech around the world, remember you can go to the women in tech Facebook group at women in tech VIP.com. It takes you straight there. Women in tech VIP.com. Remember to say hello on social at women in tech show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye everyone.
1: I'm Tammy Biellen, founder and CEO of Workplaceless. We create learning programs that help remote workers and teams thrive. And you're listening to Women in Tech.
0: Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's patreon, P A T R E O N.com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.